welcome to the Bernie Kosar Show with the top dog, Hanford Dixon. <laughs> How are we doing, everybody? Doing fantastic today. Well, I have to say this. Uh, first of all, that music just gets me going every single time. You know, I can't dance, but I want to get up and dance. And I want to say this, uh, Gab, to Bernie. I, you know, I'm, I'm shocked you're here right now today. Speak to me. Why is that? I, I, I'm shocked that I can look over and I can actually see you sitting in the chair because, well, God damn it, now all the quarterbacks, you know, they have all their uh, guys with them. They're taking them to, like, some exotic island or something. And uh, I thought that's where you were. You just grabbed a bunch of guys and you took them to one of those exotic islands. Well, I kind of like that hair. So could you and me go off to Puerto Rico and stuff? Or or as can we live vicariously through our, our boy Leroy from that we took off the golf course to join us this afternoon here? Yes, we will be joining with, with Leroy here shortly. But, uh, yeah, did you guys ever take any tri trips? Tell us, you know, back in your day, what did you guys do before OTAs or anything? Well, you know, defensive players, you know, we didn't do any of that stuff. That's that's those offensive players. Uh, they made all the money, so they were the ones that were gone all over the place. And that's why I was looking at Bernie and I was asking him a question. That is a good question, Gab. Did yeah. you ever take any of the boys? Yeah. It's, a, it's, a, it's, a, it's a great question. You know, we talked about it uh, the last couple of weeks and we had some of the technical uh, glitches and stuff and off the air, too. I loved it. I mean, that was part of why we're so tight that the, the dog pound teams of the mid-80s, we, we still gravitate to, together like we did at the marathon here the, a couple weeks ago, is uh, we didn't have the, the bank account that the guys have today to maybe take the whole offense to Puerto <laughs> Rico and stuff. But doing things like uh, Put-in-Bay. You know, doing things around town and oh, stuff. Oh, wow, you guys are doing it big. Yeah, I mean, that was that actually was big for back then. But it really was more, um, maybe not exactly the location or where you went, but you really did do things together. And then as corny as that somewhat sounds and somewhat of social media last week or so, kind of making fun of the guys for doing stuff over there, I love it. I love the fact that they're getting together, spending time together, and the stuff that we did. Um, to this day is still um, resonating, galvanizing, and I believe paying dividends. And I like to think that some of that stuff will pay dividends well, for them. I have a quick question. Uh, you, you know, and, and people have a lot, you know, people think about that. They say, hey, you know, those guys, they're going and they're not really getting any work done. When the guys go over, do they actually uh, the, get anything done as a team or as a group when they uh, take these trips? Well, I, I know this. If we didn't take the trips with our teammates, with our guys, we'd be taking the trips with our family and our other friends. And I'll tell you what, when we go with our other friends and our family, we do zero working out, and you do way more disruptive stuff to your health and wellness. So was it like being at training camp in two days? Probably not, no. But, heck, you're doing a little more work. Even the stuff that they were kind of making fun of Deshaun with, doing those foot drills, um, um in the sand and stuff. Heck, that's better than what even we did. And we were, were looked at as great guys. That was better than some of our off-season camaraderie bonding that we did. So I, I give the guys credit for from the camaraderie side and any little bit amount of, of 
athleticism and exercise, I believe, is, is better, better suited than if they were on their own. We'll talk more about that camaraderie, too, because our next guest that we're going to bring in after this break, I'm sure you had great chemistry with on the field, and we'll get to hear some of those stories when we come back. Welcome back to the Bernie Kosar Show. I know, Bernie, you're going to do a little bit better uh, than excuse my, me. my hype job. Mm, excuse me. The oh, I'm sorry. Okay, okay. With the top dog. Just, just check it on you, you know. Just getting you straight over there, you know. <laughs> Look at her laugh. We got to we gotta add dog, it. Dixon. <laughs> <laughs> We gotta rebrand. We do. We do gotta rebrand that. We gotta get that top dog, Hanford Dixon, in there. Birdie, huh? I was tr- Birdie, I was trying to. Uh, I was trying to bark, but I was laughing too hard. <laughs> he called me in an instant. He said, "Excuse me." <laughs> we can't leave out the top dog, Hanford. He, bring, he brings all the intelligence yeah, yeah. and levity to this. Okay, it makes me look like I still. I'm still articulate. You are my friend. Thank you, my man. Uh, okay, we ha- we've got to bring in our our guest today. Uh, you guys can help me ham this up because we've got a 10-year NFL veteran, former Browns running back. And Bernie, I know you'll probably want to tag on to this introduction, but welcome, Leroy Horn. Yeah. My man, my man. What's up, dog? Huh. What's happening? Hey, I, w- happening? I would want to add on to that, but back in the day when, when we were playing and Leroy came in as a rookie, um, it was back in the day when hazing was allowed. And it, <laughs> and, it, and for the younger players and younger kids out there, that wasn't probably right, nor was it cool. But it also was almost like an, expectate, an expectation of the quarterback to be harsh on the younger players coming in. And we had talked about this with, with Matt and with uh, Webster Slaughter when they came as rookies. Leroy then came um, a couple years after them, and he had to do the same thing. And it was massively awkward for me, massively uncomfortable, and really counterproductive because I needed Webster Slaughter, Eric Metcalf, and Leroy Horde. So I wasn't allowed early in the career to kind of really be really super nice to him. So I had to bust his balls a lot. <laughs> so I love that we developed such a great friendship and rapport on the field, my man. Thanks for you being know, with us. <laughs> well, it, it's one of those things that if you understand what your role is and going to be, and you understand the group of men you got to play with, then it's a rite of passage, right? And you just kind of deal with it. So I never resisted it was a pain getting those breakfasts and, and from all the different places and, and these Cust- custom, customized orders yeah yeah yeah, these, yeah yeah these these jackasses couldn't just order from one place they say oh you know what i want this from friendlies i want this from bob evans i want this from here so every saturday morning i had to order early early then go pick them all up and then come and put it on a desk or whatever and, and have it ready to go. And I remember one day, uh, they ain't put no syrup in the bag. <laughs> so K-Mac say. K-Mac hey, was grumpy. <laughs> he was right. K-Mac, K-Mac say, hey, Rook, 
ain't got no syrup. I said, they ain't put it in the bag. He said, hey, Rook, we ain't got no syrup. <laughs> so I looked at my watch, and this was probably the best decision I ever made in my career. I said, I could get in trouble with the team, or I can get in trouble with K-Mac. I'd rather be in trouble with the team. <laughs> so five minutes before the meeting, I got up and left, drove to Bob Evans, got some syrup, came back, walked in while Buck Carson was doing the meeting. And as soon as I hit the door, he said, $500, Horde. By the time I got to my desk, there was $500 on the desk. Wow. Wow. So, so I looked at it as this was just a test to see if I was about that life, right? If I was about doing whatever I could for the guys that I'm going to play with. And I learned that lesson early on that it's more important to earn the respect of the 10 guys you're playing with on the field than it is to get the respect of the coaches on the sideline. Because once you go on that field, you need them other 10 guys. The coaches can't do nothing for you. How do you think that's different than maybe our Browns team today, you guys? Any You want to do a little compare and contrast? Uh, because this is I can tell you exactly, exactly what it is. Because now, when guys come into the league, they hype them up so much that they don't have the rule of, I don't care where you got drafted, you got to earn your spot. That's right. Yeah. They come in with, I got my spot. And y'all can't touch me. Yeah, and, and you have to placate to me. And what what ends up happening is there's a process in which you have to be accountable. And one of the things I like about these guys taking trips is if you get that camaraderie, then y'all can be accountable to one another, right? Whereas before, you always had a group of veterans on the team that would hold you accountable, and you just dealt with it. And, and so it's kind of different from that standpoint, but I would say that the more you hang out with one another, the, the bigger the relationship and the bond is, the more you can get back to being able to hold everyone accountable that you play with or that's on the feet. Wow. Accountable, accountable. It's just like, you know, we all talk about it privately. Um, we've talked about it on the show, um, the Bill Belichick, the Eric Mangini said it a lot when he was a coach here in Cleveland um, 10 years ago. You don't want to be it. Um, right. Ali Roy, you're saying you want to be accountable to each other. Yeah. Man, I don't want to be it to let top dog you down. Right. Leroy in the right. huddle. You don't right. want to be right. it right. to let you down. So, right. yeah, you want to be accountable to each other. Man, I, got, get, I get goosebumps hearing you articulate it like well, that. Well, me too. And, and, and I got a good question for him. First of all, uh, Tell us who were some of those guys in that running back room and actually just what went on in the, in that room with you guys. Yeah, and as you came in, too, as a rookie, because you came yeah. in as a tough situation, man. You got Eric Medcalf. You got Kevin Mack, who's a top dog guy. And then um, my favorite, bluntly, is I love Ernest Biner. And Ernest yep. was coming off of that terrible um, situation where people treated him after the fumble and he's getting traded. So you're coming into a locker room without or into a running back room without Ernest Biner for the first time. Um, that was massively a unique situation for you. What'd you well, think? It, it wasn't a situation that I had any control of. All I could do was go do me. Right. And, and 
And I struggled early in my career for the simple fact that it was a different kind of football. You playing football with grown ass men. You ain't playing with, you know, guys that are only three years apart from you, two or three years. You playing with guys, I played with guys like Isaac Newsom and Clay Matthews Sr. that started their careers when I was eight years old. So when you go into a locker room with those guys, they ain't got time for that nonsense. No. Mm. Right? And and so, but the thing that I would say is this, is that Kevin and, and Matt and when EB came back, when Ernest came back, they kind of, you know, help me get along the right path and it didn't happen right away so like I look at young players now and people say oh he's a bust he's a bust I'm like man when were you ever excellent soon as you started your new job that's right stop it and so I have more more patience with young players because I know that there were people that had patience with me and and it's hard for me to see guys on TV and seeing what kind of careers they had and they out here blasting all these players like they didn't have struggles ever. Mm-hmm. Right? And you, you know, I can't do I can't do that. So I've always been a little more patient from that standpoint because I know I was in the same shoes and I know guys had patience with me. And it gave me time to develop as a professional, not as a football player. You always have the talent. But there's a lot of guys with talent that don't play for all the hey, other reasons. To develop as a professional and as a person. Right. I love that. Hey, you're living still in South Florida, doing awesome on your radio show. And I'm thinking of your first couple years in the offseason of taking care of you down there as the oh, veteran, as your veteran hey. leadership guy. <laughs> Y'all was talking about trips. <laughs> Let me tell you what my trip consisted of. My trip consisted of renting a house in South Florida until I could afford to buy one and calling Bernie and golfing with him every day. <laughs> every day. <laughs> we, we, hey, we had some good camaraderie. Yeah. We we golfed, we ate, we drank, and we did it again Man, every the next day. day. Hey, hey and every too, day. And hey, we I talk about and we talk about that for camaraderie, whether it's, you know, was it really exercise? for life like the browns and puerto rico and stuff but the synergy camaraderie the sick the sixth sense that leroy you and me had on the field the kind of the goofy plays that we would make up or ad lib because we had that presence together because man we were together 24 7 off season included and yeah we got it it was horseplay at times okay but that really led to in the heat of battle times like it's sunday afternoon at quarter to four in the afternoon when it's miserable down on the stadium there and you and me are banged up there's that sixth sense that we even still have today that you're able to just call each other and sense and do that that absolutely developed being being knuckleheads on the weston hills golf course in the early (laughs) 90s yep when you build that camaraderie when bernie would come at me and yell at me about something right do this do that on the field I didn't get offended. No. When K Mac would come at me and say, Hey, you need to get you need to do this. <laughs> okay? Well, first of all, he was terrifying. Right. So, <laughs> so so I didn't I didn't get offended because 
You know, it's something about, you know, earning the respect of the guys or your peers. That that takes precedent over anything. And I think guys are more concerned with earning the respect of the people writing about them or commenting on them on social media that they don't care about earning the respect of the guys they play right with. And that's crazy. Hey, Leroy, because you're talking about people being patient with you, that you were able to have that patience with younger players because they're struggling. What were some of those early struggles that you had um, adapting? Um, the long hours, um, the meetings, the monotony of it. I wanted to play football, but before you got to play football, there was a whole lot of other stuff you had to go through, right? I had to learn how when you see a veteran doing something, you know, as far as what he did after practice, what he did on the weekends, what he did during the offseason. You weren't there yet. You can't do what he do. You got to get to that point. And so as a as a rookie, when you come in and you see a guy coming in and say Hanford, he said he ain't got no thigh pads or no knee pads in. And he just, you know, I say, ooh, ooh, he a pro. I want to do that, too. <laughs> and they're like, no, you better go put your pads on. <laughs> right? So it was just things things like that when it came to working out, when it came to going to meetings, when it came to watching film. You know, just, just things like that, understanding, you know, professional football as a whole, you had to go through a certain process. Your talent is what kept people from running you off and gave you more time. But at some point, you all had to get to that point. Leroy, go ahead, go ahead, finish. No, I'm good. Okay, I was going to ask you about your coaches now, running back coaches. Who was your uh, running back coaches, and and obviously, who was Uh, your favorite? We had we had George. I can't think of George's name. Uh, my rookie year, George Sefcik. Was that? I'm not sure. And then and then I had. I, um, we all got the CTE work <laughs> and here's traumatic right. brain. Okay, short term memory. I was Gav, like, Gav, Gav, hit that Bernie, Google. I was like, don't ask me because yeah. that's why I asked Leroy because I couldn't remember. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe, maybe we should take our second break. Have him think okay, about it. Okay, we'll come back. okay, right. okay. Think on it, Leroy. Okay. We're gonna be right back you after this. <laughs> Welcome back to the Bernie Kosar Show with the top dog. Hanford Dixon. We are joined by Leroy Horde, and we were just asking him, go ahead, Hanford, ask him again about this favorite coach question because we want to know. Well, yeah, because I I think we all had, uh, all three of us, we had our favorite coaches and guys that really stood out uh, that, that was coaching us. And I just wanted to know, obviously, out of the running back room, who coached him and which coach that I think had the biggest impact on his career? It's it's weird. Um, I, w- I would say I had Steve Crosby the longest. 
right? Uh-huh. Um, and, and I would say that most of the time in the running back room, um, you got called out by other players. Mm-hmm. Like by K-Mac, um, you had Ernest Biner in the room. Yeah, we yeah. had Barry Redden in the room okay. one year. I was going to say, um, us players, yeah. we were rougher on, on the, uh, than the coaches. Yeah. Than the yeah. coaches. Yeah. Like, man, Gary so, Danielson. Yeah. Like the, I could see K- – I still remember K-Mac – um, E.B., Barry Redden, you know, giving you the business. You know? Right. I mean, and, really, and so, they were harsh. And so if I got through K-Mac and Ernest Miner and Eric Metcalf, there wasn't really nothing the coach could could, could say to me that made me feel any worse, <laughs> right? Nice. So um, from that standpoint, I would say that. Um, it, it was all about you know, the preparation, and, and I was always, you know, Steve did a good job of getting us prepared, but the other thing was so did Bill Belichick, right? Yep. To a fault, to a fault almost, because when there's a difference in getting your team ready to sustain something and getting your team ready to win. And, and I think a lot of times – we get caught up in, in burn. You could attest to this. Bernie was about winning football games. And that dude could figure out something during a drive, during a series, during a game, and tweak the offense so that we were successful. I'm talking about <laughs> hand in the dirt. Hey, Leroy, don't block that guy. Just just go out. I'm going to hit you real quick. Right? And, and yeah, Bill yeah, wasn't really about that. Yeah. You know why I'm laughing? Because I can see him changing some of that shit now in Marty over there. Oh, God. The guy know they're up there. It loses their mind. I, hey. It wasn't to be insubordinate. Hey. It was just it needed, the shit needed to work, man. Hey, here was the funniest thing ever. We come we come on the field, and we had, like, a different bunch of, a bunch of groupings. And they didn't have the, the the ear thing sometimes. So if it was loud, they'd send the play in with the player. And we'd come in to get a play to Bernie, and Bernie would say, tell You better not tell him we got this. Nobody I know look I know at the sideline. <laughs> Don't look. Don't you dare look to the sideline. I straight forward. When I call this play, don't look at the sideline. <laughs> and we'd go out there, and we'd be in a different formation. And everybody on the sideline has to be up in the air. And then we'll go for 30. Yeah. And, and as a player, you like, go ahead, BK, yeah, do your yeah. thing. Oh, but, shit. But, oh, but as God. a coach, you know, it, it was a little different. Oh, God, I love you so much. And this is purely selfish. And for the listeners out there that are non-football players, um. non-teammates of mine, okay? That's the great Leroy Horde. Thanks for watching the Bernie Kosar Show with Hanford Dixon. We'll continue our interview with a part two with Leroy Horde next episode. We'll see you next time.